this waiver wire edition of baseball money is fake on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by bird dog shorts dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool that's birddogs.com slash pool Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, and I know it has been a week. Me and Ryan went on a little vacation last week. Well, I mean, not together, but like <laughs> separate. We went on vacations last week, took a little time off. We work really damn hard, and we needed it. But we are back for the heart of the fantasy baseball season. It is week 13, which means you are either at the halfway point or you are going one week past the halfway point right now. And speaking of Ryan, he is here with me as always. Ryan, how you doing today, my man? Yeah, I'm doing good. We were uh, vacationing together in spirit, perhaps. But yeah, good good week <laughs> off. I had quite the weekend, uh, pounding the waters today. Got to go back to work tomorrow. So uh, yeah, have a good time getting back into the fantasy baseball world now. I mean, yeah, we're going... Almost July now, going to the All-Star break, when when things re- really start to heat up. Yeah, we're going into the All-Star break that is going to have, um, I, I don't want to say zero Mariners, because that can't happen, but the only Mariner that's going to make it in there is whichever one gets lucky enough to be the, the single nomination that every team has to have. And it's in Seattle, which is, to say it's disappointing is an understatement. We should have had a bunch more, but J-Rod's about to be in the Home Run Derby again. It's going to be electric. I won a bunch of money last year on the Home Run Derby. I had him who had him and Soto in the final, and I had money on both of them. And I might just run it back with money on Julio again at home. Got to make that happen. Got to win me a little money. But also, got to win some money in the fantasy baseball world, too. That is what we are here for. And as I mentioned, it is week 13. I cannot believe we are already two months Three months and a week into this, almost at two months and kept it at that a little bit bad. Three months and a week into the fantasy baseball season. And it's our Monday show. So we are going to talk a little waiver wire, a little two-star pitchers. And the boy Jordan Westberg got called up by the Baltimore Orioles. It was one of those call-ups where the writing was kind of on the wall. For him to get called up, it was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Uh, Jorge Mateo was kind of the big roadblock for him coming into, I guess, right now. But it's only because he had that really hot March and April. He has been buns ever since then. So it was just a matter of time before they were going to call Westberg up. And he's been tearing the cover off the ball in triple A this year. He's sitting 295, 15 doubles, 18 home runs, 54 RBI. Six stolen bases, if you want to count that, in 67 games. So, so he has legitimate power. Uh, he plays good defense from what I can tell. And he's got a good hit tool, which is something that you look for. So, Ryan, did you jump on the Jordan Westberg hype train? Did you roster many leagues? How how we looking? Yeah, I did. I picked him up in my keeper league, which I'm I'm dominating that league. I'm in first place, and I have some already some good. I have Dale Cruz, I have O'Neill Cruz, I have a bunch of like these top prospects. But can't hurt to hurt to add another one. And I added him before I even really looked into him because I saw all the hype. Yeah, I mean you said it. He's killing <laughs> the ball. Triple A, 18 home runs in 67 games. It's a home run every what less than four games. 
hitting 295 mm-hmm. last year had 27 home runs and 622 plate appearances 138 games like he has power and he's gonna play infield for them which is hopefully uh second base is gonna be his primary position i think he's starting there tonight which is huge because second base this year is one of the weaker mm-hmm. spots so getting him yeah and for and for the O's, you know yeah Gunnar henderson is starting to heat up a little bit put him in there for mateo or you know work him in there somehow and yeah the o's now have this this just core of multiple prospects to be excited about not just rutschman not just henderson they have westberg now they have hopefully g-rod can can get back up at some point on the pitching side of things but yeah if you need a second baseman if you want a speculative ad get on westberg here yeah, I know like on ESPN, he is only shortstop eligible. I think that'll change pretty quickly because I don't think he's going to be playing too much shortstop. I think they're going to bounce him around and just get his bat in the lineup however they can. I even heard some rumors that uh, he may play a little outfield, dispel some people out there if they need a break also. Uh, but on like fan tracks, he has uh, second, third, and shortstop. And you know we love somebody with a good multi-position eligibility. So yeah, they they got a lot of good young guys there. Gunner, Adley, Westberg. Now, uh, I think he is somebody that is worth rostering. And I mean, to be honest, I'd roster him in ten team leagues at this point because I think he is that good, and the hype is the hype is there for a reason. Uh, he's uh, I'm trying to like I he's not like a Matt Mervis type in, in, in ten team leagues where like if he gets second base eligibility because there's more than. 10 great yes, shortstops right now so 12 even 12 team leagues just having shortstop not him him having like a, a set position yeah, apparently the orioles are considering just playing him all over not not going to get him a set position but he'll he'll get that bat in the lineup especially especially if he hits yeah and the thing with westberg is he's not one of these guys that just had like a ton of power in the minors and like an okay bat but it was because they were hyper aggressive and just kind of swinging at everything. And when they connected, it went a mile. Uh, he's a guy who's only had a 21% strikeout rate this year, 21% strikeout rate last year, just shy of a 10% walk rate this year. So he gets the bat on the ball really well. And it's a legitimate hit tool. It's not just to get lucky and he's got some power. It's he's making good decisions at the plate, which is turning into power for him and extra base hits, which those are the things that translate to the major league level. Not just that I have massive raw power. I'm just going to swing at every pitch until I make contact. When I say that out loud, it sounds like me on MLB the show, but I'm just going to swing at everything until I make contact. And then when I do make contact, it's going to go a mile. It's not one of those. He picks and chooses his pitch. He's patient and he takes advantage of it. And when he does, then it translates to the big numbers. And I think those are the kinds of players that in the fantasy baseball world translate really well. And so if he's still available in your league, if it's a weekly league, hopefully you picked him up before these games started. If you're in a daily league, try and snag him if you can. Likely by the time you listen to this, he has already played a game. Regardless of the outcome of that game, I think he is still well worth the add in every league, especially the six stolen bases. He has a little bit of speed. So the extra added element in there. And if they really are going to bounce him around, Westberg could end up having like five position eligibility when all is said and done at the end of the year. That's like Brendan Donovan level, and he's better than Brendan Donovan. So, yeah, if you're looking at a middle infielder you want to add, Jordan Westberg is your guy. 
Yeah, I, I think you you could may, maybe read into those steals a little bit. He had 12 steals last year, 17 the year before uh, across three levels. You know, maybe he wasn't stealing as much this year or last year because he's in the middle of that lineup for the for the AAA lineup. And then for, you know, he'll be batting 7th, 6th, 8th for the O's. Where, you know, maybe he has a chance to use those legs more and show off what he has. So, yeah, this is a guy played three years in college, drafted 2020, played two and a half years in pro ball. Now he's 24. Getting, getting his first chance with the Orioles, who, you know, they're calling him up to to play. He's going to play. So I would definitely pick him up if he's still available in your league, as long as it's 12, 12 teams or more. Of course. But now... Right. Speaking of speaking of oh, something yeah, you want, might want to pick up is some Bird Dog shorts. Bird Dog shorts make you look good with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better because those regular shorts have that stiff, restricting cotton. While Bird Dogs fix this issue with their anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric and cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. If you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. All right, all right. Keeping so, up, keeping the pickup train rolling here, Blake. Uh, who, who do you got here on on top of your top of your list? Uh, so my first guy that I want to highlight this week for the waiver wire uh, is Hassan Kim, somebody that we didn't, I mean, we kind of overlooked a bit coming into the season, only because we weren't really sure where he fits in the lineup. And I mean, he's he's the everyday middle infield guy there for San Diego. He had himself a little bit of a cold spell, but uh, as of late, he has been hot since June 15th. He's hitting 368 with three home runs, nine runs scored, seven RBI, and he stole a couple bases. Uh, he is very quietly on pace for a 15 home run, 20, not what to say 30, 15 home run, 30 steal season while hitting 250. Not what anybody expected from Hassan Kim coming into this year. Uh, he is somebody that did flash a little pop in the World Baseball Classic, and I only know that because I bet on him uh, an anytime home run plus 800 in one of the games that he hit two home runs. So shout out you, Mr. Kim. But yeah, he's a guy that's getting fairly overlooked in a lot of leagues. I don't think he has much utility in 10-team leagues, but in a 12-team league, he does have now that that power. I don't even want to say power speed. 15, 15 home runs isn't a power guy but he's got enough pop in the bat to make it relevant to go with the 30 steals and San Diego's a good lineup. So he's going to score. He could likely come close to a hundred runs this year, which if you put all those together, that's a pretty fucking good shortstop. Even though shortstop is very, very stacked this year. I think there is some use there. And if you need to fill in, I think Hassan Kim's your guy. Yeah, I think Kim is kind of similar to someone we talked about last week. That it could be a solid filling guy. Like he's not going to be someone that you pick up and be like, okay, he's my second baseman or shortstop or third baseman the rest of the year. You pick him up, he, he plays util. You you get some hot streaks going. Past seven days, hitting three thirty three. Past two weeks, hitting three eighteen. But past twenty eight days, he's hitting two sixty nine, which is more in line with, with what he is. He hit two fifty one mm -hmm. last year. Career two thirty eight hitter. But in that Padres lineup, he, he's getting the chance, and that Padres lineup is good. So those those counting stats should continue to, to rack up a little bit. The steals are definitely good. He's been hitting leadoff the past four games, which is 
definitely huge. He's had three home mm-hmm. runs in the past four games. Uh, going to Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati this week. So that that's a, a a good time to pick maybe pick him up. See if you can ride this hot streak and get a get a little boost here. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that he's not even like he's not even like a streaky player. He's just fairly consistent usually. Uh, at least he was last year, and he seems to have been this year too. So uh, his, he may have just raised his floor this year. That may just have been what Asan Kim did. His ceiling is about the same ceiling as he had prior, but I think he raised his floor overall, which sometimes the safe plays are the smart plays in the fantasy baseball world. If you can pick up a guy like Hassan Kim who has a pretty safe floor at this point and you can put him out there, every day essentially all you want is people in your lineup that you don't have to worry about there are some fun guys there's the joey gallows of the world that man he could hit three home runs in any game he could hit 10 home runs in a nine game stretch but he could also go over 20 with 20 strikeouts as well hassan kim's not that guy he's just very safe easy play sometimes they give a lot of home run plays in our in our waiver wire uh you know scenarios but this is probably one of the safer ones that we've thrown out there this year and i love it yeah, uh, who's next? Uh, next would be, God, I don't want to butcher his name, uh, Yainer Diaz for the Houston Astros. Mm. When Jordan Alvarez went down with an injury, Yainer Diaz is who stepped up in the DH role for them. And I'm not going to lie, the dude has been on fucking fire. He doesn't hardly walk. Uh, the stats for him I pulled uh, since May 31st. He has just like a 1% walk rate, only a 15% strikeout rate, so I can live with it. But since then, so pretty much all of June plus a day, he's hitting 328, six doubles, six home runs, 12 RBI, and he's tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, in those games, he has a 15.8% hard hit ra- or barrel rate, 45% hard hit rate. So he's making quality contact. He is a little overly aggressive at the plate, but but he again he makes contact, so it's limiting that K rate of his. But also he's he's not going to walk for you, so it limits his value in points leagues. But he has catcher and DH eligibility. Uh, there is a lot of catchers that are fantasy viable this year, but he's playing well enough to kind of put his name in the mix in like a twelve team league or in a, a two catcher league. He's somebody that you can throw out there, and he's putting up good numbers again. Astros good lineup. So you you always like to see somebody that's batting in a good lineup, but he is batting towards the bottom of the lineup, which does kind of limit somebody's. He's uh, he's been hitting fifth feeling. and fourth, and he hit fifth the past three games. Hit fourth I'll the game before that. that. Fifth, yeah, he's he's moving up I'll as he's been that. hitting. There, just and keep the, that up. Yeah, and this isn't just just some fluke. He's twenty four. This isn't like a Joey Manessis type, but he he did hit for power in the minors last year. He had 25 home runs in 105 games across Double A and Triple A, hitting 306. So this is what he can do, and and that the Dodgers definitely or the Astros definitely need someone to step up, and Diaz is doing that for him. So him being a catcher is just even even better. I mean, like there are some, like you said, more catchers that are fantasy relevant, but a lot of them seem to be streaky. And uh, unless this is just a, a hot streak to start off, you know this playing time here for Diaz. I don't think it is. I think he's probably worth picking up in more leagues than he is. He's only rostered in 19% of Yahoo leagues. So yeah, if, if you need a catcher, if your catcher's struggling and you're maybe streaming catchers or whatever, definitely look at Diaz. 
Yeah, he's one of the interesting ones for me. Uh, when I do my Fantasy Pros weekly waiver article, I always split it into four must-add guys and then four deep league guys after that. He is one of those guys that uh, if you go by roster roster ship, he should be in my deep league options. But he has been so good lately that I had to put him in my must-ads. I added him in two leagues myself. Not positive. I'm not positive off the top of my head, right? The second one, Jordan is coming back, but his I think his fantasy relevance will only last as long as Jordan is out. Martin Maldonado, as much as he sucks with the bat, he might be one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. I don't think Diaz is going to overtake him for any kind of regular catcher at bats once the DH uh, spot is no longer el- like available to him because of Jordan. But yeah, for now. He is definitely worth an ad. He's putting up the type of numbers that you look for out of any fantasy catcher. And he just so happens to play for the, the Houston Trash Rose. Well, yeah, I'm seeing mid mid to late July for, for Jordan. So you still, still have a few weeks of uh, yeah. relevance for, for Diaz there. Um, someone we talked about last week before his uh, season debut. And we said is he's not going to be fantasy relevant. He pretty much threw that back <laughs> in our face with uh, three home runs in, in his first week back. Joey Votto, uh, the Red Hot Reds that recently lost two straight, but you no know, good chance to get back on track in Baltimore and in San Diego. Um, Votto, people ran to pick him up before he, he uh, hit that home run. People ran even faster to pick him up. Still rostered in only a third of leagues. Mm-hmm. Is he someone you're maybe looking looking at now that he had some pop? Or is he still just, you know, what we talked about last week. Both. I think he is still what we talked about last week. I think uh, in the long term, over the course of the season, I don't think Joey Val- Joey Vato has a ton of value. Two V words in one sense is not my strong suit. Uh, but admittedly, I did pick him up today. Uh, I dropped Joey Manessis in my home league and I picked up Joey Vato. I Joey for a Joey. I uh, had to start Votto this week. I, I think a lot of what is going on with him is f- kind of just feeding off of the vibes of that team. I uh, watched one of his post-game press conferences the other day, uh, the day after uh, Ellie hit the for the cycle. And he said it was just so crazy to see the atmosphere with the team and the stadium and how he's really feeding off of all of that at the same time. And we talked about it coming into the season, and it's still relevant now. As stupid as it sounds to say out loud, vibes matter yeah, when it comes do. to things like this, when it comes to a long season. You feel good, you play good, you play good, you're happy as fuck, and you put up good numbers. So in the long term, we'll see. I think Votto evens back out to hitting right around the Mendoza line more than likely. But he still has time to hit 12 to 15 home runs for the rest of the season. So there is some value there. I think he is going to get sat more than people would like just because he is considerably older than everybody else. And Encarnacion Strand does have to come up and play at some point. That kid cannot play in the minor leagues all year. So we'll have to see how that goes. But for now, yes, I think Votto is worth an ad right now. Ride it out. If he goes cold, you can cut bait on him and it'll be okay. But as long as he's not cold, Adam, ride him out. And I think there is good fantasy value there. Yeah, he's not playing tonight against the lefty, but yeah, I think he's someone that you either roster in a deep league, or if you're in a daily league and, and like it's a good matchup, a good home matchup, you pick him up and plug him in. He's, he's not someone I'm going to be like, okay, pick him up. He's my starting first baseman now. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's not where I'm going with Joey Votto. Um, but where I am going is to Underdog Fantasy. They have their best ball mania four. It's here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. 
Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. There are so many ways to win over on Underdog, and it's active in so many states. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, Chad, back in the chat, what up? He's got a trade offer that plays into two-star pitchers for next week, JP France. I tried to ship him off for TJ Friedel for an average boost, got countered with Fraley. But he has the best possible two-star week ever next week versus the Rockies and versus the Mariners. Said, should I hold and try and juice the value off those two starts? I, if you can get Fraley for France, I, I think I think you trade JP France for Fraley. I, li- I like the the consistency from Fraley this year. I like the pop that he's got. I, I think it's a solid trade. I don't think you're going to get a ton of value off of the Rockies and the Mariners next week because the Mariners. This is my fandom speaking a little bit. They're a very weird team. And they could very likely just go off for 12 runs against France, which would tank his value. And you won't get somebody like Fraley. So I think you take that while you can get it. Yeah, I think when you're, I mean, I don't know how deep this league is or what the stats or what the categories are or whatnot, but like these are two more so depth guys. So it's more so what your personal preference is on your team. Like if you want mm-hmm. a hitter, go for Frito or Fraley. If you want a pitcher, you know, with that, with that chance, stick with France. And, you know, if you think those are good, two good matchups, hold if you think his value is going to go higher don't trade him now when he has that those great two matchups so i i I would probably hold and try to see if you can get a little bit better of an upgrade but i mean if you're in need of a hitter i I would make that trade uh speaking of people in need of a hitter somebody that i i we us have been on i mean this was a weird one for me so i wrote about this player in my uh, weekly waiver wire article in week six. It is now week 13. And all of a sudden, they're the, the hot thing on the market right now. Michael Garcia for the Kansas City Royals has been the talk of the town lately. If you listen to me, I told you about him seven weeks ago. So got you in a little bit beforehand. But since June 7th, hitting 323, he doesn't have a lot of pops. So bear with me here. He's only got three extra base hits, but he scored 11 runs and he stole six bases with just a 14.5% strikeout rate. That is his bread and butter. He is a very fast, rarely gets thrown out on the base pass, hits for a good average type of guy. Like a, I used this reference last episode, like a Mauricio Dubon, if Mauricio Dubon had enough speed to steal 45 bases in a season. Last year, he hit 11 home runs and stole 39 bases at the in the minor leagues. Uh, he's getting an extended run at the majors this year, and it seems like he's just going to be up there. In the same stretch, he has a 92% zone contact rate. So he gets the bat on the ball a lot, and he has the speed to beat it out. He's good. I mean, honest to God, I think he's, I, I think he's good in all formats. Like, the power is going to suck a little bit, but the, uh, the average run scoring ability and speed, it, it's there. And so he doesn't strike out much. Good in points leagues. Helps you in multiple categories in Roto. I think he needs to be owned. I'm not going to say 10-team leagues yet, but I think Michael Garcia is safely in 12-team or deeper leagues. Yeah, Garcia is, is one of the guy, one of these guys you can roster, put put in your lineup. He's not going to be someone like, oh, you're going to get alerts. Oh, this guy hit for the cycle, or this guy had two home runs, but mm-hmm. he'll 
consistently put up, you know, one for four, two for four with a run, with a stolen base, with an RBI. He'll fill up the stat sheet. He'll, he'll get those counting stats. And, and at some point, that's really all you want out of at least one spot from your lineup. And if that's yeah. like Garcia, if that's like a, a, a spot you're kind of rotating in, go with him. Because, yeah, he's absolutely hot right now. You know, the Royals are not a team you're going to necessarily be targeting very often. But he still gets four or five plate appearances. He's still going to get on base. He's going to use his speed. So, yeah, I think Garcia, you know, you were all on him a lot earlier than people were people recently but yeah people are picking him up and if he's still out there he's available in my in my 10 team league uh, i'm considering picking him up uh third base shortstop eligible if he if he had second base i, I definitely would pick him up yeah. but yeah if you need help at, at those positions left side of the infield definitely go for uh michael Mike garcia he has an interesting baseball savant page too because it seems like a lot of the uh, a lot of the ability to not hit home runs comes just from the fact that he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls. He only has a 20% fly ball rate because I mean, his average exit velocity is 92 miles an hour, which is in the 88th percentile. His hard hit rate is uh 50.4%, which is in the 89th percentile. So like he, he's making a hard contact. It's just, he hits them all on the ground. So he's out here, trying to beat out ground balls all the time, but 97th percentile in chase rate, 86th percentile in whiff rate. He's a good hitter who, who has power, but doesn't hit home runs, which is an interesting combination. Kind of like Yandy Diaz last year, but Yandy Diaz had a little more home run ability and a lot less speed. But that's yeah, the only keep, good comp keep, I can keep, come up with keeper, right now. Keeper so. league, pick up and hold for next year. Maybe he, he can he can find that power at some point in the yeah. majors. Maybe he just needs like a little tweak to his swing. Maybe a trip trip to a drive line and get to get that uh fly ball line drive rate up. Hey, <laughs> they should sponsor us by how I mentioned drive line. God, oh, speak, should, uh, we should, little, little we bit, should have one bit. of the drive line guys on the pod. A little bit uh, off topic, but speaking of drive line. Are you cutting bait on Kalanick again? What's going on? I was pulling up his numbers. He's under 250 for the season. Hasn't homered. Has one home run in the past month, hitting 176 in his past 20 games. Did he fool us in April? Did he fool all of us? He was like, oh, Jared Kalanick is, is now is now good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It, it's tough to see because I, I know you're, you're such a big Kalanick fan too. I don't think he fooled us. I think he did make legitimate changes and was listening to a lot of people that he hadn't previously listened to to help make the adjustments he needed. The problem is he had a small stretch where even though he made those adjustments, it wasn't effective. And he he's very hard on himself. And so the second he has any kind of struggles, it really gets to him mentally. And as you know, the mentals are important in baseball and when you get on yourself he is his harshest critic and so when he struggles everything goes to shit and that's kind of the problem right now uh, he's pressing at the plate a lot he's half-assing a lot of swings just because he knows he struggles mightily with down and away pitches especially change-ups and he kind of has the mentality of if you throw it there he's just gonna throw the bat at it it's not even a competitive swing he's just kind of flicking his wrists at the ball which is what Kellenick tended to do last year before the the whole September surge and all that but I think he he has made legitimate changes he does have a smoother swing he does have a much better approach at the plate 
overall still than he had last year. I think it is just kind of he's in his head. This all-star break is going to be very, very good for him. Going to be able to get his mind right. I mean, it's it's in our hometown, so he's going to be able to kind of be around all of these best players in baseball, have some fun, hopefully hang out with Julio at the Home Run Derby, enjoy himself, have fun again, and get back to baseball after the all-star break. I'm not worried. I just wish the all-star break would get here a little sooner. Yeah, all right. I mean, good update there uh, on on Kalnick from one of the biggest Kalnick stands out there. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at another another third base shortstop eligible guy that is rostered in forty three percent of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Royce Lewis. We talked about him when he was coming back mm. up, making his. Uh, he's now on a six seven game hit streak. Has multiple hits in three of those games. Two home runs in that span. Hitting three thirty three on the season. Is he someone you're, you're looking at at all? Um, I do have him rostered in one league. It's a daily points league. My only thing with Royce Lewis is the ability has always been there. It's just the availability hasn't always been there. He does have the Byron Buxton injury bug, which kind of plagues him quite a bit. I mean, he tweaked his swing a little bit in the offseason to kind of get more lift on the ball and get more power. So... That's why the four, the four home runs are real. Like he hit them. He does have some pop in his bat, but he does have a lot of that Byron Buxton, Joey Gallo swing and miss a lot. He's hyper aggressive at the plate, which it doesn't bode well for everybody. So I, there is fantasy value for Royce Lewis. I think expectations just need to be tempered a little bit because there's a lot of people that are very high on them. And those are the people that are going to end up being very disappointed. If you kind of just, hope for a home run every couple days and if he if he gets into a couple doubles in between there just gets on base be happy because he's more than likely he's like a 240 hitter when all said and done at the end of the year so if if you can kind of set your expectations at 240 and just be happy with anything above that i think you'll really enjoy having royce, royce lewis on your team but he is very hot and cold, so we'll have to see. 240, I mean, that, that does seem a bit low, but also we have to remember like that is pretty much what league average batting average is now. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's true. I, it's good to see that Royce Lewis, you know, but uh, like you said, people like uh, Royce Lewis, top prospect, people expect like something big right out of the gate. Don't, don't expect too much uh, as with all prospects, but uh, I think he is someone like we talked about with Garcia and, and Kim. Like if you want someone first second, first shortstop, third base, I think he's he's worth a look. Yeah, he just he has a thirty percent whiff rate and a thirty two percent chase rate, both of which are well above league average, and he's only making zone contact seventy seven percent of the time. League average is eighty two, so he's swinging it at a ton of pitches and he's not making the most contact. So I mean, the hyper aggressive approach to play works for a lot of players. People make a ton of money off of being overly aggressive at the plate and really getting into some pitches. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things that doesn't always translate well to the fantasy baseball world, especially in points leagues. He's going to strike out a ton. So me picking him up in a points league was kind of stupid, but I'm here for it. I, I like to be hurt. So it works. All right. You got anything else? Any, any hitters here before any final hitters before we uh, transition to these two start pitchers? Yeah. Uh, one more hitter I want to throw at you. Kind of a random name a little bit. Uh, Tony Kemp. Very, 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 very deep league, kind of very deep cut right there. You, you uh, love Oakland. You, you always have these random Oakland players. It's like, oh, he's five yeah, percent. I know, and I don't, I don't understand it. 
But I mean, since June 15th, he's hitting 393 with a couple home runs and a double, which is rare for Tony Kemp. He doesn't hit a lot of home runs. He scored nine bases. But the part that's so interesting, so I love the I love the batting average. He's walking at a 14% clip in those games. Pretty damn good. Only striking out 3% of the time in the last two weeks. So he's getting the bat on the ball. He's very points league dominant for his uh for his value. But in those same games, he has a hundred percent zone contact rate. So he's not swinging and missing at any pitches that are in the zone. And sometimes, you know, there is value in guys that just get on base, even if they play for Oakland. Just the ability to get on base in a points league, that's, that's a point. Not striking out. You don't got to worry about him striking out and losing your points in a points league. Uh, in any other league format, I don't know if Tony Kemp is viable. But in points leagues, the guy that's going to walk 14% of the time, strike out 3%, and get on base at like a 400. Shit, his on base percentage is like 500 in the last two weeks. So Oakland sucks, but he doesn't right now. Yeah, I, I don't have much to say about Tony Cup. I, I cannot endorse that. I, I guess in, in certain league formats, you know, sure, he has a he scored a run in six straight games, so so that's good. Maybe look up for some uh, Tony Kemp props to score a run in, in the future. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think I might go. rather have Matt Kemp just come out of retirement and I'd roster him before Tony Kemp. <laughs> Ooh, good pull, good pull. <laughs> yeah. All right. So two-star pitchers. Who who are you looking at for two-star pitchers? All right. Well, first for, for two-star pitchers, I do have one kind of waiver wire guy. Apparently, uh, Mike Mike Soroka is a candidate to take AJ Smith Shaver's place in in, in Atlanta's rotation. Uh, over the past hmm. nineteen innings, he has a one point four two ERA, point seven nine WHIP, and eighteen strikeouts over his three starts. So he his line lines up to start Wednesday. That would be home against the Twins. Um, I, I think that's someone you can maybe, you know, people were excited about him coming back to a major league mound. He got lit up, went down to the minors, you know, got back on track, shook, shook the rust off, and is now uh, starting at home, hopefully against the Twins on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. So it could be a, a decent spot to look at, look at him if you're looking for a streaming option. Yeah, hopefully he fixed what whatever was broken the last time he came up. Because, I mean, he was good when he played in previous years before all the injury stuff happened. He was good for, like, the first five innings uh, or four innings in his first appearance this year, and then it kind of all fell apart after that. So that's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But Atlanta's so good that even if he gives up three or four runs, you can still still get a win out of him, which is kind of what you look for in kind of what you look for in a, uh, a streaming option. Uh, decent start with winability and i think he gives you that yeah and then uh a, a two-star guy is someone that you called out a few weeks ago he was rostered i think maybe single digit low teen percents but uh the philadelphia's very own ranger suarez he has hey. uh five straight quality starts uh in those starts he's only allowed five total runs uh 32 innings 29 strikeouts nine walks era of 1.38 Babbitt against 264. Like Ranger Suarez, he's not going to rack up the strikeouts. Maybe, no, maybe he will. Seven, seven, eight in his past three. Yeah. Against the Braves, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. Those are three good teams. Uh, starting against the Cubs tomorrow, who I, I don't think is really that great. And then his second start this week will be home against the Nationals, who 
He threw uh, seven innings of one-run ball against a few weeks ago. So I think Ranger Suarez is only rostered in 4 to 3% of Yahoo leagues. I think I would run to pick him up if he was available in my league. I agree. I mean, he's one that's been on our radar for the last couple starts. He's just he just kind of stood out as somebody that kind of feels like he gets overlooked quite a bit. Because, uh, I mean, Philly does have a couple excellent guys out there, Nola and Wheeler. So, and even Taiwan Walker. Yeah, he's so, been good. Ranger Suarez being like the fourth or fifth guy. Not really somebody you pay attention to. Sinker's the most used pitch. It just has a 10% whiff rate, which is not good. But all of his secondaries are excellent. Curveball, 38% whiff rate. His four seams got a 26% whiff rate. Changeup's got a 33% whiff rate. And he's using all of those pitches at least 18% of the time. That curveball's 21% of the time, and it's missing a ton of bats. We talk all the time about liking to have somebody that has a dominant first pitch with the secondary that can play off of that. He is not that. He is like the, the opposite of that that works beautifully. He has a first pitch that's not an out pitch. His sinker is the most used pitch, but it's not an out pitch. He uses it to set up all of those secondaries, and it makes all of those secondaries just that much more dangerous. Uh, you say starting against the Cubs, they do strike out quite a bit. So I think I think there's eight or nine strikeout ability there. I love that call out by you. Awesome, yeah. Uh, you have anyone here? I have I have six here. I, I can go through. I might save a few for the uh, Substack for an article. Fake yes, baseball sir. Substack. Make sure you check check that out. But uh, you got anyone you're you're eyeing up for for Tuesday? Let me fire one at you real quick before you fire a few at me. All right. There's somebody that I have talked about now, like a week and a half. Brian Wu of the Ooh. Seattle Woo! Mariners. That's going to sound so bad in the podcast in your ears. I apologize for that. Not really. It felt good. Uh, but he kind of got thrown to the wolves. That's been my favorite thing to say about him. He's been, he got thrown to the wolves against the Rangers in his first start. Two innings, six earned runs. But he struck out four, which is pretty cool. Since then, in his last three starts, he's gone 15 innings, struck out 21, given up just four earned runs. Uh, ERA of two three and an xFIP of three two eight. He has been to say he's been dominant would be an understatement. He in that time frame he has a thirty five percent strikeout rate and a twenty eight point three percent K minus walk rate. K minus walk rate is a very good way to a very good and very simple way to determine just how effective a pitcher has been. Uh, obviously, it's strikeouts minus their walk rate. Ta-da! Uh, anything over 20 is pretty good. So Brian Wu is at 28.3%. Uh, I think Spencer Strider is first in baseball or Kevin Gossman at 25%. And so if, if Wu were to qualify, he would be first in baseball by a mile. He's got a lot of innings to go before he can do that. And he does have an innings cap overall for the year, but he's starting tomorrow or today whenever you listen to this against the washington nationals he's starting on tuesday they don't strike out a ton but they have been susceptible to it a little bit as of late and they're not that great of a team they are a very light hitting team brian Wu lines up for the win he he went five innings of no hit ball against the yankees at yankee stadium the other day before giving up two hits and getting pulled i wish they would have let the kid just give him the quality start service we we're up by 10 fucking runs like they're <laughs> What? Who cares? Just let the kid go. Yeah, that, that's my ninety-three pitches. Oh, that's, that's a bit much. That's that's my call, though. Uh, I, 
Uh, Brian Wu, I think, again, I think this is a monster week for Brian Wu. I think he continues to put a lot of people on the map or put his name on the map for a lot of people. And I also think that if Brian Wu has two very effective starts this week, you need to trade him after this week. He is going to have an innings limit. I think the most innings he's ever pitched in a season prior to this was like 60. And he's already approaching 60 for the year. So the Mariners aren't going to let him throw 120 innings this year. So two good starts. It might like sell high. Yeah, that that's where he he pitched 57 innings last year, which is a, a career high. He only pitched mm-hmm. 28 before that in college, and he is up to uh, what's that? A total of 60 so far. He pitched 44 in Triple A or Double A before being called up and has 17 innings there. So that that is something to watch. Also, I did have Wu on my list, but I'm not realizing he is not going to start twice this week since there's an off day. We'll start twice next week against the uh, the Giants oh, well. and, and Houston. So uh, pick them up for the start and, and hold them for hold them for next week. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Someone else kind of wanted to discuss a little bit is uh, Mart, Mart, Martin Perez for for the for the Rangers. Last year he Ooh. was he was fantastic. He had what, an ERA I think under three, two point eight nine. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, this is probably a flash in the pan. He, he's a career ERA over four and a half before that. And he's kind of coming back down to earth this year. 4.38 ERA. Um, he's been up and down recently, though. So uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, he had a good start. Two good starts. Two straight quality starts. But before that, he allowed seven runs and three innings to the Rays. Seven shutout innings before that. He's been very up and down. And his downs have been way down there. Um, he is somebody, if you're watching this live, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> he is somebody that I think needs to be for sure first started in his home matchups because he has some pretty crazy home road splits this year uh, at home. He's pitched 31 innings and has a one seven one ERA on the road. He has a five nine eight ERA in 52 and two thirds innings. Uh, so home starts. I think Martin Perez is like, he's a go. Uh, He's playing out of his mind. We love to see it. 229 batting average against 11, just a 260 Woba, a 382 Woba on the road. But I like it. He has effective stuff. And I I don't like, we thought last year the flash in the pan. I'm not really sure what the flash in the pan anymore. I think he's a, he's an okay pitcher. He's not an ace. He was their ace last year. Now he doesn't have to be. They're ace this year, and it's allowing him to settle in at least at home. So if you can take advantage of those starts, I think it is the right way to go. That's that's a great call out there on the splits because his, his bad starts were seven runs and three innings in Tampa Bay, six runs and four and a two-thirds in Detroit, who he's starting against at home on Tuesday, seven runs and three and two-thirds in uh, on the road against the Angels. Besides that, he's three earned runs or less in, in all of his starts. So, yeah, he has a home start against the Tigers on Tuesday, then a home start against the Astros, likely on Sunday. Brostered in 46% of Yahoo leagues. I'd probably pick him up and see if, you know, if those home, home road splits kind of pan out for him and you can get two solid quality starts here. Yeah. Um, someone I think else. That is an excellent idea. Someone else I also called out a few shows ago. He's now over 51%. He's over 50% rostered at 51 is Julio Teheran. He's come back just with, with mm-hmm. a bang. Uh, he had four straight quality starts before his last start. Only went five innings, no runs, though. Three strikeouts. 
uh, in New York against the Mets, and then in Pittsburgh for his two starts this week. The Mets are just just a mess right now. I mean, their bullpen, Buck Showalter, may not last till the All Star break. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tehran's been good. Uh, uh, start two solid starts. Pirates have been struggling. Mets have been struggling. So could get a could get a win or two there this week. Yeah, I love it. I love a guy that throws five different pitches. I think he's been much more effective this year than a lot of people imagined he would be. Yeah, facing the Mets, they strike out a ton. Even guys like Brandon Nimmo, who was their big on base guy, still a big on base guy, but he hasn't lived up to the Brandon Nimmo. We all hoped he would be. Beatty strikes out a decent amount. Jeff McNeil is not the Jeff McNeil of 2022. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, hits the dingers, but he also strikes out a ton. And Lindor's not who we thought we, he was either. So Tehran has a chance to be a really, really good option this week. Yeah, he said 51% owned, which means on ESPN, he's probably like 25% owned. So still likely available in a ton of leagues. And I love that pick. I, like the one thing that we always talk about, target guys that are don't don't go Go for the home run plays when you are going for pitchers to stream. Go for the guys that can get you five or six innings that are going to give up just a, a couple of runs with a handful of strikeouts to put you in line for a potential win. Go for target quality starts. Don't target big impactful starts because that's how you get screwed. Tehran is the guy that you can start, and it's just going to be quality start after quality start after quality start, which is exactly what you want from a pitching streamer. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. I got two more deep guys, but I'm gonna keep him for a, keep those for a, a Substack article. There's two guys. That, <laughs> I mean, one guy that we're that we're pretty high on. You can probably guess who it is if you, if you look who's starting tomorrow. But uh, someone else that I don't think we've really talked about yet has two pretty good matchups. Well, I like that. We need to get some more stuff on the stuff up on the Substack. Make sure you check that out. Fakebaseball.substack.com. You can find our work over there. We're putting out a ton of stuff. Uh, it's free to subscribe. There's a paid option if you love us enough that you want to pay us five bucks a month to to read our content and listen to us some more in your ears. Uh, make sure you, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. I know it may not seem like much to you, but hitting that subscribe button goes a long way to helping us smash that to do subscribe button. Do. Don't just hit it. Smash it. it. That's right. Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. And if you're listening to this on your podcast feed, a five star rating and review. Also goes a long way to helping us. I love saying this out loud. Now we are charting all over the world and it is thanks to all of you guys. Uh, I I can't even put into words how thankful I am because I never thought that I would see the day that this was happening. So you guys continue to show us love. We will continue to put out amazing fantasy baseball content to help you guys win your leagues and make sure you follow us on Twitter at fake baseball, the coolest at on Twitter. Also on YouTube and Twitch at Fake Baseball Money. And you can find me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert SOP. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.